Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just and pure and lovely, think on these. If it's got a good report, think on it. Any virtue, any praise, that's the place that Jesus wants your mind to be. Never wonder a lot more than it should To places that are bad as well as places that are good The Spirit wants to keep our hearts as pure as they can be Open up Philippians and see God love 
just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing story from the Bible in Living Sound. Hearing that the people of Israel were even now camped on the edge of his kingdom, Balak, king of Moab, called together his captains. And the news from the frontier grows more serious every day. Why? What is the latest news, Your Majesty? I have just received a message that the Israelites have routed Og, king of Bashan. Oh. Now they are getting ready to attack us. We shall never defeat them alone, Your Majesty, as strong as we are. We must find allies and all fight together. The Midianites, for instance. That's true, true, very true. But not enough, I'm afraid. I know. I shall send for Balaam. Balaam, Your Majesty? Yes, yes, Balaam, the great soothsayer that lives in Mesopotamia. Oh, yeah. I shall send princes at once to ask him to come here and render the Israelites helpless with his spells and curses. It's an excellent idea, Your Majesty. We are come, Balaam, from Moab, by command of the king of that country. He bids us ask you to return with us and pronounce a curse upon the Israelites, for they are too mighty for Moab. Curse the Israelites? Me? We know, Balaam, that he whom thou blesseth is blessed, and he whom thou cursest is cursed. I am honored by your king's confidence in my powers. Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word in the morning, for I must communicate with God. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. But in the morning, Balaam told them that it was not God's will that he go with them. And the princes returned to Moab. Your Majesty, Balaam would not come with us. Go again and take more gold and promises of greater honors. <sighs> Certainly he will curse Israel for great wealth and honor. Every man has his price. Once again, the princes of Moab stood before Balaam, and once again he bid them remain for the night and receive the reply in the morning. Good morning, dear. Wonderful morning, eh? You're unusually cheerful. Well, why shouldn't I be? A wife like you, fame and fortune staring me in the face, health, sunshine... Fame and fortune? Ah, yes. I'm going to Moab and curse Israel. Wealth and power and fame will be mine. Huh? Uh, God gave you permission to go to Moab? The angel said I could if... if I went with the princes this morning. Mm. Oh, breakfast smells good. Be a good girl, will you? And go get the princes while I... Only two places? But the princes for... Oh, oh, you've already served them breakfast. Uh, the princes, they have gone back to Moab. Gone back to Moab? But, but they can't. I've got to go with them, like the angel said, all right? Saddle the donkey while I don proper clothes and sandals. Be quick about it. I'm going to try to catch up with the princes. Hurriedly, Balaam mounted his donkey and took off after the Moab princes. Impatiently, he tried to get the donkey to go faster, but to no avail. Get up. Get up, you slowpoke. The sting of this whip will put some life into you. Oh, 
But the donkey continued on as before, sure-footed but slow. Suddenly, the donkey behaved queerly. She turned aside and went into a field. A little later, she behaved queerly again. This time, she swerved to the right and crushed Balaam's foot against a stone wall. The third misbehavior occurred when the donkey suddenly stopped and refused to go a step further, even though Balaam beat her unmercifully. What's gotten into you anyway, you stubborn donkey, you? Yeah, take this and this! What have I done that you beat me like this? Don, if I had a sword in my hand, I would run you through. Am I not thy donkey? Have I not faithfully served thee since the day you acquired me? Did I ever behave badly before? Nay, nay, you did not. Then why today? And I... I... You... You can talk? Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. And the angel said... Why hast thou smitten thy beast so unmercifully? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, for thou art going against the Lord. And three times the beast saw me and turned aside and saved thy life. For I would surely have killed thee hadst thou continued on thy way. I have sinned against the Lord's will, but I truly did not see you there. Now, therefore, if it pleases the Lord, I will turn back and go home again. No, go on to Moab. But there you will say only the words which I shall tell thee to say. Ah, Balaam at last. Why did you not come before? Were you not offered enough gold? Well, now that you have come, I want you to be sure to curse the Israelites by having them. Your Majesty, I can speak only the words the Lord tells me to speak. I have no other powers. Then Balaam had King Balak take him to a high place from which he could see the camp of the Israelites in the valley below. And there Balaam prayed to God. And the Lord met Balaam and said to him, Return unto Balak and tell him what I shall tell you to say. King Balak, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? I cannot curse this people, for the Lord has blessed them, and blessed is he who blesses them, and cursed is he who curses them. Oh, enough, enough. I was going to promote you to great honor, but now you are lucky to get away alive. And Balaam returned to his own country. Continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
matter with you? Tanya, that's what's the matter with me. Your best friend, Tanya? Have a little tiff, did we? Little? Just the fight of the century. Do you know what she did? I have a feeling you're going to tell me. She wore my favorite sweater the other day and got a big stain on it. You let her wear your clothes? And then she said the stain was already there and it was my fault. Does what you're wearing right now belong to someone else? I am never going to speak to her again. Well, that might be hard because she's coming to your birthday party on Sunday. Then I'm going to uninvite her. Let me use your cell phone. Wait a minute. Weren't you listening in church last week? Pastor Quanto said that if we hold a grudge, if we stay angry at someone, it can make us sick. Well, he's right. Tanya makes me sick. I think you're missing the point here. You're going to make yourself sick by being angry and not forgiving little sweater girl. The preacher said that we can get stomach aches, headaches, even lose sleep when we're angry. That's not healthy. Well, what would you do if someone borrowed your sweater and got a big stain on it? I don't lend my clothes to people. That's creepy. Okay, what if it was your baseball glove? What if someone broke it and then blamed it on you? I guess if someone broke my glove, I'd be pretty mad. But I don't want to be sick, so I'm thinking I'd have to decide which is more important. My glove or my health? Sam, you're pretty smart for a dumb kid. Can I borrow your red jacket? No. Just for the party? No way. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Everything. 
On the second day, God said, Let there be a great space. So the space was formed. Deep. And high. God called the space sky. God made rivers and seas on the third. and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 4, Bonzo. Chris and Sammy and Dee Dee raced to the trees, grabbing the lowest branches and climbed as fast as they could. Jenny stayed close to Mr. Shoe while Maria crouched behind some big rocks. Willie rolled his wheelchair behind the rocks with Maria. In the confusion of screaming and shrieking and other noises, the kids watched Jake roll around on the ground, wrestling with this big furry animal. Maria cocked her head. Other noises? What are those other noises, she thought. Peeking from behind her rocks, Maria saw that Mr. Shoe and Mr. Teller were laughing. Even Jenny was grinning. Then she realized that some of the other noise and confusion came from a barking dog. Barking? The bear might eat the dog. Where was the dog? She looked back at Jake and stared. Now he was sitting up and grinned at the big animal that was now sitting in front of him. Bonzo, look how you scared them kids. They thought you were a bear. Now what made them think that? Aren't you ashamed of yourself? To the surprise of the kids watching from their hiding places and scarcely breathing, Bonzo lowered his head and put his paw over his eyes. You can come back now, Jake called. Bonzo wants to apologize for scaring you. Maria watched Bonzo uncertainly. She slowly rose to her feet. Behind her, she could hear Chris and the others climbing down the tree trunks. Jenny still stood close to Mr. Shoe. Jeff walked over and patted Bonzo on the head. Hey, kids, isn't he the biggest dog you've ever seen? 
Bonzo turned and looked at the kids huddled in the shadows. His tongue hung down and his tail wagged in circles. Look, Jenny said, walking toward Bonzo. He's smiling at us. Jenny may be scared of some things, Maria thought, but she sure isn't afraid now. Bonzo wiggled with excitement and wagged his tail even harder as the other kids approached cautiously. Is that really a dog? Sammy asked. He sure is, Jake said. Haven't you ever seen a big dog before? Not that big, Chris said, putting his arms around the big shaggy body. He got a sloppy wet kiss in return. He's a Newfoundland, Jack explained. Then he turned to the others. Don't be nervous. Bonzo's very friendly. He loves people of all sizes, almost as much as he loves water. You mean he swims in this cold river? Didi asked. Look at his coat. If you wore a coat like that, would you feel the cold water? Didi pulled apart some of his long black fur and discovered another very thick coat of short hairs. Wow, look at this! Soon all the children were gathered around Bonzo, patting his head and scratching his ears and poking and pulling at his fur. He just sat there grinning and wagging his tail. Look, he's wearing a bib. Willie reached out to touch the white spot on Bonzo's chest. Next time we think we see a bear, Maria said, we'll look for the white spot. If he comes back at breakfast time, you can throw sticks into the river for him to fetch. That's his favorite game, Jeff said. What else does he like to do, Sammy asked. Sleep, Jake answered, especially on woodpiles. They all laughed. Hey, Bonzo, Jake said. Where's Tony? Bonzo lifted one ear, and he sat up a little straighter. His tail wagged faster. He let out several deep, loud barks. Then he stood and barked again, his eyes fixed on the darkness beyond the campfire. In the stillness, the kids heard twigs snapping. Again, they hardly breathed, not knowing what Jake's next surprise would be. Go get him, Bonzo! With another deep bark, Bonzo leaped forward as a figure appeared out of the woods. When he reached the man, Bonzo stood on his hind legs and put his paws on the man's shoulders to lick his face. The kids stared, open-mouthed, at the person in the shadows. The man pushed Bonzo down and walked into the light of the bonfire. The kids gasped as they looked at the newcomer. He was dressed all in dark brown, and he wore a wide-brimmed, dirty brown hat and a jacket that had fringes down the sleeves. The story you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 11, Rattlesnake River Adventure, written by Sandy Zog, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.